Chapter 8, Leadership. A leader has been described as having two primary characteristics, an eye for good people and being reactive to market changes. Leadership is inspiring and energizing the whole organization and delivery of some cause and reacting to threats to that cause. Inspiring everyone in a company is easier than you may think. If you have a shared and consistent mission where everyone has a role to play that earns respect and there is a learning experience as that mission is achieved, then the CEO or exec has the fundamentals of good leadership. Unfortunately, leadership for many CEOs is all too often reduced to recruiting loyal followers into the executive inside ranks, which stifle those not in the insider group. This is not leadership. Leadership in the tribal knowledge paradigm is greatly simplified in that it is fundamentally grounded in the belief of the knowledge, capabilities, and actions of employees to deliver shared goals and objectives. The CEO can extol the virtues and advantages of having the most capable employees and can visibly be seen as supporting the opportunity for every employee to have a role in the delivery of results, both increased profits and improved mission-relevant tribal knowledge. The two go hand in hand. In the tribal knowledge paradigm, leadership requires very little time because the leader is mostly symbolic, although very active. The leader carries the banner of mission relevance and importance of people. While action of a leader consists of approving or redirecting projects, commenting on progress, and handing out accolades on project completions, with this agenda, the CEO accomplishes three very important process objectives. First, a direct connection with all employees. Second, control over the strategic agenda. And third, a system to allow all ideas to be channeled to the Tribal Knowledge Council in a fair and unbiased review. Leaders must take note that every employee is looking for respect, and the leaders need to understand their role in not only providing the opportunity for everyone to earn respect, but also maintain focus on the mission and growth of know-how. It is imperative that every employee has a role to play, has objective performance measures, and has periodic feedback from the leader. In this paradigm, a thank you for a job well done is gold in motivation to employees and energizes the corporate culture. Let's explore this a little further. There is a term that we like to use, walk the talk. When a CEO states that success is attributed to the employees, then CEO's actions should reflect exactly that. As a leader, you are not expected to know how everything works. In some small companies, that may be the case. But if you are Bill Gates or Jack Welch or Andy Grove, you may know a lot, but not everything. So that's why they take a symbolic role of leader. The great leader is not shocked. She, he, 
accepts the things heard, and investigates to validate hearsay, and tries to understand how these matters relate to the mission. Even when things are not so out of kilter that screaming comes to mind, the good leader listens. This is key to being a good leader. There must be a means to both listen and keep the dialogue going. One should note that if there is a 50 to 1 ROI when cost of implementation is less than $2,000, then even a flaky idea may be worth trying. One CEO we work with noted that every time he walked out to the work area of his business, productivity dropped. Advice was pretty easy. Don't do that. It's like the old Groucho Marx routine when Groucho was playing a doctor and the patient comes in and complains that his arm hurts every time he lifts it. Groucho's expert advice was, don't do that. In the case of this CEO, he would get all excited about something he heard out on the floor and he would offer a suggestion. After doing so, the people who heard the suggestion would immediately consider it to be a new directive and with it, confusion about what to do. He ended up with the reduced productivity. In this particular situation, the CEO learned a lesson of how not to do management by walking around. He learned management by walking around with your mouth shut. You look, you listen, but you don't comment about process lest you create a new problem. It is fun to get involved. The warning here is be careful. In this case, a good leader would be more interested in walking around exercise to extract information about improvements in mission-relevant tribal knowledge that a group has participated in or is currently active on because that is what is important. A good question to a group of workers might be, how many of you are working on an improvement of a mission-relevant tribal knowledge project? Ideally, all hands go up because that is what you want. You reinforce the process. If no hounds go up, now the executive, the CEO, has an opportunity for leadership. The good leader sets clear goals and objectives while assuring that they are understandable and attainable. All employees perform better when they know what is expected of them. There must be objective measures of what they have control over, and the goals and the metrics must be aligned. In the tribal knowledge paradigm, employees believe it is fair to be asked to improve performance if they are given the ability, have the willingness and opportunity to improve, and there are systems that support the change. We call this the ability, willingness, opportunity, and systems conditions of change. Without any one of the four noted conditions, improvement is difficult, if not impossible. The leader in this structure encourages achievement motivation because employees can be conditioned in a positive way to improve when continuous improvements lead to earned recognition in the organization. Tribal knowledge improvement becomes contagious because it is positive to those participating in the process. Literally, no other incentive is required because improvement of know-how delivers on the key motivators of sense of purpose, sense of belonging or being part of a family team. 
measurements, the scoring, are also a motivator to those with competitive instincts as there is a status associated with a winning corporate team. The tribal knowledge paradigm facilitates CEOs in a number of basic tasks. Number one, driving out informal processes. This basic responsibility is necessary in order to align the formal processes with the formal ones. There should be no difference. Every CEO can go about this in his or her own way, but this alignment is critical to eliminating huge weights in process. Number two, controlling mid-level managers' personal agendas. Everyone has a personal agenda. That is human nature. The issue here is not that the agendas are bad. Is it they are bad when they cause problems in the organization? In our early consulting experiences, we referred to these folks with personal agendas that got in the way with the process as black knights. We call them this while recalling the black knight of the Monty Python movie Search for the Holy Grail, because, like the movie analogy, they often end up defending a stupid position of an issue that might reflect badly on them. We all do that, but habit in this case is reflective of issues counter to the good of the organization. The third point, ensuring focus on the mission while aligning informal and formal strategy. This is one of those issues that we've discussed earlier. A leader has to ensure that there is only one strategy and it must be his. When the informal strategy does not match up to the formal strategy, problems arise leading to staff confusion. The leaders should have mechanisms in place to feedback metrics of strategy efficacy. We have mentioned one early. Waste is a great measure of strategy efficacy, and tracking the wastes in the Tribal Knowledge Council portfolio is a good place to investigate this issue. As a concluding observation, the great leader inspires performance at every level of the organization and get his company to turn on a dime. The same leader can design a working environment with C-level executives and managers that can react to huge demands on resources, like the elephant order that amounts to 30% of a year's business. The capabilities of this leader are seen in the smooth turning of all the cogs of the organization, synchronously generating value for all constituents, shareholders, customers, suppliers, and all employees. This is the end of chapter 8.